This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. My name is Orlando Sanchez. We've got Jared Cowley on location for this one. Yeah, he's calling <laughs> in remotely. This is a first for us. Say hi to the pod, Jared. Uh, it sounds weird to say on location when I'm sitting in my <laughs> office at home. <laughs> we've got, I've, got a sick, I've got a sick kid at home, so I've, I'm working remotely today. This is this is awesome stuff. A a first time yeah. for the podcast. <laughs> it's taken us two and a half years, but we we finally did it. And I think he sounds good right now. So hopefully that uh, that continues to be the case. That's Nate Hansen on my left, and the one and only Max Barr on the ones and twos. How's everybody doing today? Uh, not as good as last week. Man, uh, what I a think, difference I think, a week makes. Right? I think we all felt a little bit better uh, doing the pod last week than we do uh, doing this week's pod. We thought the Blazers may have figured something out. I think the Blazers thought they may have figured something out. We thought they had an identity and things were going great for uh, about a week so and a, for about a week and a half. They went smooth sailing, baby. There was so much to talk about with Carmelo Anthony, and then Friday night came around. Yeah, this is a this is the story. It's 2019. It's the Blazers 2019 season. Nothing if you, if you think things are working as they should, just wait cuz sooner rather than later something's <laughs> going to happen that is going to, you know, derail things for them. And I think we all saw just in the Blazers, you could tell by the tone of the way the guys were talking after the Rodney Hood injury, just like I think they had finally started feeling good about the direction this year's team was. And then with the Rodney Hood injury, it was like, oh, my gosh, again? Like, how many times do we have to keep doing this? When are we finally going to catch a break? And you, it sounded a bit like they were a bit deflated after that game against the Lakers. They didn't really care that they lost the game to the Lakers. They just cared, now we're down another piece, and we're going to have to, again, figure out how to win moving forward with what we have. It really was one of those, come on, man, Yeah, that's moments. a good way just, to put it. Just one after another um, – and, yeah, like I, I, I joked around with you about this, but being at the game, and I know you witnessed it when you were there for the Nurkic game, and it had that same vibe to it, man, where, you know, it, there was so much energy in the building yeah. with LeBron and AD and the Lakers. Um, you know, everyone was excited. It was a, a headliner type of game, an ESPN Friday night game. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, having my seat on, on Media Row and seeing a fan, like, come out from the concession stand with a beer in hand and his nachos and just looking up and seeing Rodney Hood being carried <laughs> off the court. Like, I just yeah. felt so bad. It was like his birthday was ruined. Like, yeah. he was like, oh, no, what just happened? And it just sucked the whole life out of the building, everything that was going on for this team. And um, it transcended into the locker room. And uh, just hearing from the players and what they had to say after, it was one of those times when the game didn't matter. Yeah. Like, no one cared that they lost. It was all about Rodney Hood and the state of the team and just 
having another serious injury affect this this team? I don't want to diminish the Rodney Hood injury. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. But I don't think I'm, as far as how I feel about the team, I don't really feel that much different about them than I did last week. Oh, wow. Um, We talked about this a little bit before the podcast. Last week, we were talking about how optimistic we were. But when you go back and listen, what we were saying is basically they're beating the teams that they're supposed to beat now, and they're losing to the teams that are better than them. And a lot of teams are better than them right now in the NBA. And I, I still think that that's the case. And I know they lost to the Thunder after the Rodney Hood injury, you know, in their first game after Rodney Hood was injured. But I kind of think that was just, in my mind, that game felt like they were still recovering from the shock of seeing another, you know, starter go down to a, a major injury. And then they took care of business against a horrible Knicks team. I still feel like this team is kind of just going to continue losing to the good team and most likely beating, more likely beating the bad, or the, the teams that are worse than them. So I, just, I don't know. I don't feel a lot different about this team. I, I do feel really bad for Rodney Hood. And I think that it's a big loss to the Blazers, but I still think they're the same mediocre team that they've been since Zach Collins got hurt. Well, I can't wait to get into this podcast and to get into the questions, Jared, because uh, we we do not share the same sentiment on that one, my friend. But I don't want to uh, go into that right now because we're going to have a lot more to discuss here when we get to our questions. I, I think that's yeah. the, the perfect way to segue into our questions. You guys know the drill. There's three of us. There's three questions. There's three answers. You can catch it on KGW.com if you want to read them. Question number one, Rodney Hood. Jared, you said it best. We'll miss you. Hood became the third Blazers starter to be lost to an injury, a major injury, in a span of 24 regular season games. What will the Blazers miss most about Hood, and what does his injury mean for the Blazers the rest of the season, Nate? So I think this injury is a big deal for the Portland Trail Blazers, and we felt so good about the team last week because we had seen for the first time a full week's worth of games with the starting five of Hassan Whiteside, Carmel Anthony, Rodney Hood, C.J. McCollum, and Damian Lillard. And we talked about how that starting five, they're just an offensive powerhouse for the Blazers. Jared, you mentioned it last week. They were that Offensively, that group of five was so good that it could potentially overwhelm teams that they were better than, which was an attribute the Blazers didn't have before they had Carmelo Anthony in the starting five. Previously, when it was just Hassan Whiteside, whoever was filling the four with Rodney Hood, C.J. McCollum, and Damian Lillard, the Blazers still struggled to score. And I think we might see that again happen because of the fact that you don't have both Rodney Hood and Carmelo Anthony. I think together, having those two alongside Damon CJ really alleviates the pressure and the shoulder load those two have to do because those are two respected shooters. Carmelo Anthony has his long track record, and Rodney Hood was the third best three-point shooter in the league this year before he went down. And they went from being a mediocre offense to with that starting five in that week against not great competition, but it was what we had for a sample size. They went from being mediocre to a top five offense. And they had three respectable shooters alongside Lillard with McCollum and Anthony and Hood. And I just wonder, when you take one domino away from that group of five, I I feel like this team is going to go back to the team offensively 
that we saw the first 20 games of the year, 15, 20 games of the year, when they struggled to score at times, and Dame really had to shoulder the load. And if that happens, then I don't think this team is a team that you can count on to beat the teams they should beat like we felt they were with that group of five that they had beforehand. So to me, I think this is a huge deal for the Blazers. And what do they do moving forward? Uh, you do the best you can with what you have moving forward. And, I mean, they're kind of at this point punting on the 2019 season, I think, in terms of what they can do in terms of damage in the playoffs. Maybe internally they have some blind optimism that if Nurkic comes back, if Collins comes back, if they make a move at the deadline, then maybe they can still make a noise in the first-round playoff series. But to me, at best, this team, they could still make the playoffs. I'm not going to rule that out. But that's just because I don't think the West is that great. And if they do make the playoffs, I think they're a quick and easy bounce out. So to me, this is a big deal. And how about you, Jared? Okay. Um, right now, I I want to focus on Rodney Hood. Yeah. Because if you ask anyone that knows him, the first thing they're going to talk about is not Rodney Hood as a basketball player. They yeah. talk about how great he is as a person. That's seems like that's all I've heard since he went down. It's just that this is just a good human being, a pure individual. So before anything else, I, I feel really bad for Rodney Hood. I, I believe he will bounce back from this. I know the Achilles injury is one of the most difficult to come back from, especially in the NBA. But I feel that even with that challenge ahead of him, I believe he'll come back next season as good as ever. He's young, he's in great shape, and we saw yesterday in the Instagram post that he put out there that he has an incredibly positive outlook and a positive demeanor, and those things are, are so important when you're rehabbing, especially from a long injury that's going to take a long time to rehab from. So I believe he'll bounce back, but I do feel bad for him. He was having his best season ever, and it was just such a blow for a good guy. I do agree with you, Nate. I think this is a big loss for the Blazers. He was the team's best three-point shooter, and I think he had emerged as their best wing defender this season. Yes. Uh, so he was a critical piece of their starting lineup, and that's gone. And I don't think there's a player on this roster not that, right now that can replace him. I will say I still have a small cabin on Baysmore Island. I don't know <laughs> why, but I still think that I just I know what he did at times with the Hawks. And if they could get that Baysmore, he could adequately fill in as a starting small forward for this team at, at this time. But I am starting to lose a little bit of hope that he's going to be a 3 and D player I, I thought he was going to be when Portland traded for him. So for right now, the Blazers are going to have to get by with Baysmore and a tier little Mar and Mario Hazonia. So that sounds pessimistic. But something that's given me a little bit of hope is that Anthony Simon seems to be breaking out of his slump. And he was in a slump there for a good, you know, seven or eight, nine, ten games. But over the past three games, he's shooting 52% from the field and 50% from three and on a pretty high volume. And he's playing a lot more minutes, and he's going to get a lot more minutes. And we're going to see that three-guard lineup with him and Dame and CJ a lot more now that Rodney Hood is injured. And you talked, Nate, about how one of the big things they lost with Hood was that he was a threat to shoot. So defenses would respect him. I think defenses will respect uh, Anthony Simons as well. And I think we're going to see him on the court a lot more. And if he continues 
if he continues to play better like he has the past few games, I think that they'll be able to overcome the hood injury enough that they kind of stay where they are, where they're still going to be a good offense, they're still going to be a terrible defense, and so they're going to be a mediocre team that beats bad teams and loses to good teams. So like I said before, I don't really see this as as big of a loss as it is. Every time the Blazers have had a big loss like this, I feel like they've been able to somehow come through it and maintain their level of play. They did it when Yusuf Nurkic got hurt. They started to do it after they lost Zach Collins once they brought in Carmelo Anthony. And I think now that they've lost Hood, I think that there will be a player who's going to step up, and I think that they'll kind of maintain what they've been, which, again, not a great team, a mediocre team, but I don't think that they've dipped below that even with losing Rodney Hood. Orlando, man, you're the tiebreaker here. Yeah, for me, <laughs> it's it's more of it's another tough blow. It's another mm-hmm. shot to the body. Yeah. Where How many body blows can you eventually take? Eventually you're going to drop. Yep. And that's my worry. I think that if it was just Zach or it was just Rodney, yeah, um, I would feel much better about this. And even going back to the offseason, we've talked about how coveted the 3 and D position is and yeah. how much of a unicorn this position really is. And Rodney Hood was coming into his own. Absolutely. As a defender and a, a shooter, um, the, clearly the best three-point shooter on the team. Yeah. And he was consistent and he was reliable. Mm-hmm. And at a time when there was so much chaos, you needed guys like that to be the rock while everybody else catches up and understands their position. You're losing that. I am with you, and I, I would like to reserve a room in that small cabin on that island. Oh, there. my gosh. <laughs> because I'm, I, haven't, I, think, I, think I haven't given up on Kent Bazemore yet. I was big on Bazemore uh, when he got here, and I'm, I'm not leaving yet. But this is the time for Kent Bazemore. He has to show up. I think, as you mentioned, Jared, he can adequately fill that role but he's got to start knocking down three-pointers. The defense is there. Um, I really enjoy watching him as a defender, but it's got to come together now. It it does. This was the reason that they brought a guy like him into this team was to help out at that position. And I thought that if things would go well for him, that he could actually take the starting job from Rodney. Obviously, that hasn't happened. Rodney's been great. Um, So this is more of just a a moral blow for the team. And you saw it against OKC. I mean, they were they were shook. They they came Absolutely. out. It was a hangover. They yeah. came out flat, and they admittedly were flat at the start of that game, and they didn't play well. It was their worst shooting night of the year, and they dropped a game to an OKC team who is playing better now mm-hmm. uh, than they were earlier this season. First off, I don't think you're going to need to reserve a room in Jared's <laughs> cabin on Baysmore Island. I think I think there's a lot of real estate available on Baysmore Island. I don't think you guys – it's not like Dame Island where you're trying to all shut her in together. I don't think you're going to have to worry about yeah, that. Yeah, we don't have to be roomies on that island. Or all right. Yeah, you can, have your, you can have your own place there. Uh, but one of the reasons they brought in Kent Baysmore and shifted away from the Al Farouk Aminus and Maurice Harkless's was because Kent Bazemore was supposed to be able to hit threes more reliably True. than those two guys. Oh, yeah. And we haven't seen that yet this nope. year from Kent Bazemore. And even to me, like, 
there's just too many holes to plug. Like, say Kent Bazemore does rise and become an adequate replacement for Rodney Hood in the starting five. Okay, who's coming off the bench and filling some of those minutes? I mean, against the Thunder, Kent Bazemore and, like, every starting five player played, like, 30-plus minutes. You can't have that night in and night out for the Blazers. You have to have other players you can trust and throw out there in the lineup. Jared mentioned Anthony Simons. I love that idea, yeah. obviously, of more <laughs> Anthony Simons. And Jared's right. He has been playing better over the last couple of games. But to me, those, those aren't going to be plugs that can keep this team – they're not permanent, they're, they're, they're they're not not permanent fixes. No, they're not permanent fixes, and they're not going to get them back to the level I think they were at when they had, after they had brought Mello and everyone was healthy for about that week and a half. I don't think Kent Bazemore stepping his game up, Anthony Simons being more of a consistent scorer is going to be enough to get the Blazers even to that level uh, that we saw them for the week and a half where they played really well. And I don't see, you know, without someone else coming in, like it took, Jared mentioned it, was that Collins, it took bringing someone else in addition to the roster and Carmelo Anthony for the Blazers to get out of that funk. I don't see where this addition or move can be made that will help them get out of this funk. I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's question number Oh, two. this nice segue. <laughs> Sunday is, de- well done. is December 15th, which means the NBA trade season is officially upon us. The Blazers have already been linked by one report, reputable reporter, to Kevin Love and Danilo Gallinari. Let's talk about Kevin Love, whose potential trade target most often linked to the Blazers. First, a question and then a prediction. Question is, should the Blazers trade for Kevin Love? And will the Blazers, yeah, will the Blazers trade for Kevin Love? Will they actually do it? Should Should they they and and will will they? they? Should they and will they? So, Jared, you're up, man. Okay, so we know that Kevin Love comes with a lot of risk. Yes. He's 31 years old. He's been injured a lot. He's missed an average of 35 games per season over the past three seasons, including 60 games last season. He's going to make about $30 million each of the next three seasons, and he's never been a great defender. So I do think he's a better defender than his reputation. I think he's shown in Cleveland that he can be a good defender in a team concept. If, like, if your defense is, is okay, then he can defend in that and, and not hurt you. Now, I don't know if the Blazers right now can be a good defense, so I don't think that he would be a good defender for the Blazers. But maybe once Nurkic is back, the Blazers will be able to get back to being at least a decent defense. Kevin Love also comes with a ton of upside, especially when you consider what kind of fit he would be and what his role would be with this Blazers team. He's a very good volume three-point shooter. I mean, his shooting percentage isn't from three isn't astronomical. It's about, you know, 36%, which is league average. But it's kind of like with Damian Lillard, where his three-point percentage isn't, like, super high either. But because he shoots so many of them, he's such a threat. And he makes them in, in big moments. And Kevin Love has done that as well. Um, he's going to definitely space the floor if he was, on the Blazers, not just for Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, but when Yusuf Nurkic came, comes back, he would be able to space the floor so that Nurkic has space in the middle to operate, and Love could be more of a mid-range slash you know, three-point threat. Um, he's a very good rebounder. He ranks second in defensive rebounding percentage this season, which means if he's paired with Nurkic, he would help the Blazers become that dominant rebounding team again. 
and he's a good playmaker. Whenever Dame gets trapped, which we know he's going to do, Kevin Love would be a very good release valve. He's averaged about two and a half, three assists per game over his career. So he's good at not only being able to create offense for himself, but also find open cutters or open three-point shooters. So taking into consideration all of that, I went back and forth on this because I've always been kind of wishy-washy on Kevin Love, mainly because of his defense and now because of his age and, and how often he's hurt. But I do think Kevin Love would be worth the risk. I think the Blazers have to maximize Damian Lillard's prime right now. And this season is the time where with the expiring contract, with all their future first-round picks, with some young talent, they have the pieces to go out and get another star-level player to put with this team. And I think Love would help the Blazers. I don't think he'd make them a championship contender, but I think he'd definitely make them better. So the other thing is, the question is, will the Blazers do it? That's a tougher question because I don't know what else will be available. I don't know if they're looking to make a, a trade immediately right now to go get Kevin Love, just make it happen, or if they're willing to wait until the trade deadline to see what other players are made available in trade. I think that would probably be the the most wise course of action for them, but I don't know what Neil Shea's plan is right now. I do know that according to the most recent reporting from the Athletics and Jason Lloyd of the Athletics, what the Cavaliers are asking for is a first-round pick and the matching, matching salary to get love. And that's it. So here's what Jason Lloyd wrote, and this was published today. The Cavaliers are asking for a first-round pick in exchange for love, one source of knowledge of the situation said. But teams are actually asking for a first-round pick from Cleveland just to absorb the final three-and-a-half years of love's deal. It only takes one injury and one team to change all that, but at, that, at this point, the gap between what the Cavs want and what is being offered seems pretty wide. One league executive whose team has not discussed the love deal with the Cavs believes they may eventually be able to get a first-round pick for him, depending on how much salary the Cavs are willing to take back. So if that's all the Cavs are looking for is a first-round pick out of this, then I think that if the Blazers were able to send the matching salary like Hassan Whiteside and a protected first-round pick because they're not sending back long-term salary or bad salary for the Cavs to absorb, I, I don't know. I, I don't see why the Blazers wouldn't make that happen. Again, I don't know what other players are going to be available, but I think Love is worth the risk. To me, I think it's going to be a waiting game here. Because I answered <laughs> the question on KGW.com as the Blazers should not trade for Kevin Love yet. Uh, okay. And that's... Because I think Portland, I agree, I'm totally in agreement with you, Jared. The Blazers' goal is to be championship contenders over the next three seasons while Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum are here in Portland and in their prime. That is the organization's goal. And they can't do that without adding another top-of-the-line forward to this group that they have. And so how do you get that player? You're not going to get him, A, the free agency class in 2020 is weak. But even if there was someone out there, he's not coming to Portland. And so you're not going to get him in free agency. So the only way you can get that person is via and trade. Portland, Portland wouldn't have the money in free agency to do it anyway. Yeah. Because they were looking to have about $18 million in cap space if they didn't make any moves this season and just let the expiring contract come off the book. But because of Rodney Hood's injury, the – chance that he's going to opt in to a $6 million for next season 
I would say is very high. So then the Blazers are looking at about $12 million in cap space, and for $12 million, you can get maybe a rotation player at best in free agency. So they have to, they have to get this player via trade. And that you have the trade pieces of the expiring contracts of Hassan Whiteside and Kent Bazemore. You cannot let those go to waste and those guys mm-hmm. just walk away for nothing, especially in a year where the Blazers aren't going to make any noise this year. Like the trade, to, right. the, the trade talk that we're having right now is about t- the 2020-2021 season and the season after that. That's what we're really talking about. We're punting on this season and moving on to next year because the organization's goal is to be a championship contender. You know, and so I think the Blazers should wait because of that. Unless unless they're hearing word that a Kevin Love deal is about to be pulled off and they're pretty confident, although not certain, that that's going to be their best option this trade season, then maybe you get it done a little bit earlier. But I think there's no reason to rush if you're the Blazers. Like I said, you're not trying – to make noise this year in the postseason, you're most not you're most likely not going to. So wait, get closer to the deadline. There are teams right now who may have assets available then that aren't available right now because they're not ready yet to give up on their season, or they they want to wait to the deadline. They want more people to be involved in the action. And so to me, because of Kevin Love's injury concerns, he may not be the best fit, potential fit of a player the Blazers could get when it comes to early February, but he may end up being their best option. And if he is their best option when we get to late January, early February, I'm 100% agreement with you, Jared. You have to put your chips all in at some point. You can't hold some of your pot back and just hope that something magical happens and you become a championship contender. The Blazers are going to have to go all in here at some point, and they're not going to be able to do it in free agency, and I don't know if they'll have the trade assets. You don't know who's ever who's going to be on the market moving forward and if you will have the pieces to make that sort of deal, and they do have the pieces for Kevin Love, and if he is the best player available for them come February, yes, you make that deal. Um, now, do they? Uh, I, I don't think they do. Based on mm. Neil, Neil Olshay had that quote when he talked to Jason Quick about you know, trades, and they said they're moving forward next year with the idea of having the starting lineup being Yusuf Nurkic, Zach Collins, Rodney Hood, CJ McCollum, and Damian Lillard. If that's really what they're envisioning, then they're not going to bring a guy like Kevin Love on. I I wouldn't necessarily agree with that strategy, and maybe he's just saying that because you're not going to say insert player B here into the starting lineup and we're going to be ready to go next year. But if that's really his vision – then I don't think the Blazers do make a move for Kevin Love. That was definitely a calculated answer. Oh, 100%. You know, he, can't, he can't say anything <laughs> no, other than that. he can't. Uh, but I do like your point about the waiting game and being patient. Yeah. He cannot be desperate. The moment he's yeah. desperate is, is – That's all, when you make a bad this, deal. All of this work is for nothing. Yeah. Right? We spent – Countless podcasts yeah. talking about the summer of 2016. Yep. This is the f- mm. this this is it right here. This this all builds up to this moment where you can make up for it. With with it's now in the form of Hassan Whiteside and Kent Bazemore. Yes. However you want to look at that, but these are the chips needed necessary to make a move to bring in an All Star caliber player. Th- it has to happen soon. Okay. It's this year. Yes, it is this year. Now, in terms of Kevin Love, 
there are a lot of things I like about about him um, in terms of fit. But the one thing that just scares me, the red flag, is his injury history. Yeah. Is he going to be available for the Blazers come April, come May? Is yeah. he going to be good to go in those in those moments? And maybe you know load management and being a, a number three option for the Blazers helps maybe. And, and keeps him fresh. But that's my greatest concern. But if it gets down to the wire and he is the best player available, which is a nice option to have. Yeah. Let's say it's not, you know, we, we've talked about other players like Blake Griffin or even if, like, somehow the Spurs decided to punt and LaMarcus became available, which is a pipe dream. Yeah. But if a player like <laughs> that, if the play, if a player like that were to become available, I'd be like, okay, I'd rather yeah. Neil O'Shea put all of his work towards something like that. Mm-hmm. But he can't Can be I- desperate. He's got to be patient. And he's got to strike when the iron's hot because this is their chance to get better. Yeah. A- and a player like that, to Jared's point, will make the Blazers better. Maybe you're not sold on them being a championship caliber player. But it uh, makes them – it gets them a lot closer yes, to that. But, but now you're getting a lot closer to that. And I'm with you on that. I don't know if they get it done. Yeah. I, you know, I'm saying they need to do all this, and this would be the, the best time for this to happen. Yeah. But I don't know if – if, if they get it done. And they hold their cards so close to the chest that it's hard yeah. to even get a temperature read on yeah. how they feel about Kevin Love. Like, yeah. maybe internally they've already ruled out yeah. Kevin Love. They said, no, the injury, we need that player to be available and actually playing for us. And maybe his injury concern internally, they've already ruled him out, but we don't know because they don't give us any idea as to what they're thinking in terms of how they're going to improve this roster, we just know that they want to strike while Dame and CJ are in their prime. Mm-hmm. And and, and it's, I, it's ahead, important Jared. to note that there have been no reports that the Blazers are interested in Kevin Love. Yes. Right, right. There have been reports that Kevin Love, that his preference is to play for the Portland Trailblazers. But it did not go the other way. I mean, the one thing that Kevin O'Connor wrote in his article is he wrote that the Blazers, in addition will pursue Danilo Gallinari. And so it seems like the way he wrote that, he was saying that the Blazers are interested in Kevin Love. They're also interested in Danilo, Danilo Gallinari. But he also didn't specify that. So I don't know if we know if the Blazers are interested in Kevin Love. That's a really good point and disclaimer to this entire conversation. Yeah, we, like, we, we don't know yeah. if they are. Which has been Portland's MO the entire time was you know being fairly tight-lipped about a lot of this stuff and really not knowing – how they feel about certain players. But to really wrap this all up, we are all in agreement that they need to do something before the trade deadline. They can't – This is it, man. Yeah, this is the time – this is where you're going to build to possibly – if Dame is ever going to win a championship here in Portland, we're going to look back to this trade deadline and be like, they made that move that helped them have this parade down Broadway. And so this is a big moment for the Blazers organization. It is Portland's path. Yes. This is their way to get better. Yes. All right, number three, it's prediction time, baby. The Blazers play three games between today and our next podcast. They're on the road for the next two games. Tonight against the Nuggets, who are 14-8. and eight. Monday at the Suns, who are 11-13. and 13. Followed by a game back at the Moda Center Wednesday against the Golden State Warriors, who are 5-21. and 21. Who wants to take the predictions first? Go ahead, Jared. Line us up here. <laughs> All right. So the Blazers still don't have a signature win. I talked about that last week when we were talking about the Lakers game, and I did not think 
I didn't think the Lakers game was going to be close or that they were going to get their signature win against the Lakers. They still have just one win against the winning team this season. But I'm actually going to go out on a limb here, a very unsteady limb. I'm going to say they beat the Nuggets and get their, their best oh, win of the season. wow. Wow. I know. I, I did not. I legitimately Ooh. am shocked. I did not see that one coming, Jared. I didn't either, man. You on Baysmore Island over Ooh. there coming in hot. Oh, he really is, man. No, it's more it's more what where Denver is right now. Yeah. Um, and I've been thinking about this since yesterday. Denver's lost five of six. Their offense is just, uh, just a mess. They're banged up. I mean, I don't know if they'll end up playing, but right now, Jamal Murray and Paul Millsap are both questionable to play. I think this is an opportunity for the Blazers to go in and pick up one of those wins that they haven't been able to get this season, maybe since they beat the Mavericks on the road when they were a much different team. So I'm, I know I'm going out on a limb here, but I'm actually picking them to beat the Nuggets. And I'm actually going to pick them to beat both the Suns and the Warriors. <laughs> oh, oh, fire that again, Max. <laughs> Oh, no, a perfect week. We come off a Rodney Hood injury, and you go a perfect week. We should have led with predictions. Oh, man. my gosh. Whoa. Whoa. I need to be hosed down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm shook, Jared. <laughs> to the core. Uh, to shook. the core. I might be shook next week if my, my picks are as, as wrong as they could go. But, guys, other than the game against the Thunder, the Blazers lately, and I know this was with Rodney Hood, but they've been beating the teams they should beat. I think Phoenix is scuffling right now. They're not very good right now. As much as they've been a nice story to begin the season, they're now two games under 500, and they've been losing more often than they win lately. And they're also playing the Warriors at home, and the Warriors have been – I know the Warriors beat the Blazers earlier this year, but that was weird, and the Warriors are just terrible. They're like mixed-level terrible. So – I don't know. I don't know why I'm going 3-0. I'm not this optimistic where I think the Blazers are just great teams. I just, I don't know. I've got a feeling about this week. Uh, in Jared's defense, guys, Phoenix did just lose at home to the Grizzlies last night. And yep. also, Jamal Murray update. He posted on Instagram that he is playing. So for, oh, okay, for, okay. Whatever, for whatever that's worth. Yeah. And Jared, Jared does have the, he has it right, that Denver and Phoenix are not playing their best basketball of the season right now. So there is an opportunity for the Blazers here to win games. But I feel Jared is just trying to hold on to any hope for the rest of the season <laughs> with, the, with those predictions right there. Because I am going to say not only do the Blazers lose to the Nuggets, I'm going to say they lose to the Phoenix Suns. They go one and two during this stretch. Now, I didn't go as far as to say they lose to the Warriors at home. <laughs> Although I would not be surprised <laughs> with this team if they did, yep. but I'm gonna say Jared's right. They they don't have they beat one team with a winning record. That was Dallas, the third game of the season before the Mavericks really started to take off. And I don't see them going into Denver. This is the first time they've played in Denver, correct, since Game Seven, right? Yeah. I don't see them going in there and winning this first matchup back there in Denver. And with Phoenix, like, I would have agreed with Jared. They beat the teams they should beat, but that's not the Blazers team we have right now. I think this team is going to be a lot closer to the team that had no more automatic Ws, to the team that did lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And for that reason, I'm going to say on the road, 
I'm going to say the Phoenix Suns beat the Blazers, and then Portland comes back home, and I, I don't even know what's going to happen in that Golden State <laughs> I know, game. Right? I just, I, <laughs> just for Rip City's sake, I really hope they win that one. <laughs> so one and two. I love it, man. We, we all have different picks. Uh, I've, I've mentioned to you that I'm just staying on this two-and-one path where if a team has a losing <laughs> – if a team has a losing record, I'll take the Blazers. I don't feel comfortable. But the Blazers have a losing record. I don't feel comfortable about it either way. The Blazers uh, are winning games against teams with losing records is how, is how I'm looking at it. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not sold on the Phoenix Suns. Like, nothing about that game scares me. I think that's a winnable game for the Blazers. Uh, they're not I, – I, yeah, I, I give you props, Jared. I did wow. not see that coming. Winning in Denver, even as bad as Denver has been, that place is tough to win games in. Uh, it is so uh, based on on that being i think if the if the location was flipped around i would i would feel a little better about that prediction but that's an l blazers are losing at denver <laughs> and then they're going to win the, the last two but <laughs> that golden state game is just like pff, i don't know i mean <laughs> golden golden state has proven like they have no interest in winning games no but, and somehow they managed to beat the Blazers. But I'll defend the Warriors. I don't think they're Knicks level bad. Like, the record is, but Golden State, at least. Didn't they just they, lose to the Knicks? They have. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they okay. did. So that, doesn't, that doesn't help. Yeah. That doesn't help the argument right there. But, I, I mean, I think Golden you're State. whatever you're going to say off of the fact that they beat the Blazers. Yeah, the not fact that the they Warriors scored. Actually the, are. The fact that they scored like 130 against the Blazers earlier <laughs> this year. Yes, that's what I'm basing that off of. Where I don't even know. The Knicks did probably score close to 130 last night. I think it was in like the 120s or something. But I don't envision the Knicks having that type of one-night offensive explosion where I think the Warriors, because they've shown they could do it already once against the Blazers, can potentially do that, which is why I think it's a bit of a wild card and why I don't think they're Knicks level bad, even though they just lost to them. <laughs> no, I, I think they're Knicks level bad. Okay. <laughs> well, hopefully we see a little bit of separation in the uh, season. Oh yeah. I forgot records. to even bring that up. We were yeah. segueing so smoothly. Yeah, everything between... was flowing. So I want you to go ahead and update us so, on how we're doing. So I think Orlando wants to do this cause he's leading uh, <laughs> so far this year. He's at 17 and eight overall on the season in those season predictions. And me and Jared are just one game behind. Yeah. At 16 and 9, I have a feeling Jared might be a little further behind uh, a week from now. Oh, but, uh, yeah, that's where we are. It's a tight race. It always seems to be at 17 and 8. You're doing pretty well over there, my friend. I remember last season when the Blazers went on their season-long seven-game road trip, and I picked the Blazers to oh, sweep that road trip, or at least sweep the first four games of the road trip. And you guys mercilessly made fun of me. Oh, yeah. And then they did that. And we're we're gonna see. We're gonna see. Yeah. I don't know. I, I it's it's bold. This is like the it's perfect like storm it. where the Nuggets and the Suns are bad and the Blazers might be able to just catch them at the right time. Jared's been Jared's been holstering that one for a long yep. time. He's been waiting to play that <laughs> card of how he nailed this random pick a year ago, and it was so great, and I'm so smart. We'll see, Jared. So before we yeah, get he's... into our listener questions, there was one thing that we all talked about um before we started the pod and it was we've got to talk about Yusuf Nurkic for a minute ah yes and there is video NBC Sports Northwest had posted some video of Yusuf Nurkic running the stairs getting a a sprint in on those stairs um it's probably the most active I've seen Nurk since the injury uh granted they're not basketball moves but um they are moves it's progress 
and it's promising for Portland and Rip City, who needs some hope. And we also got an update on when he could potentially return. Yeah, the Athletic uh, Shams uh, reported on the Athletic that someone asked in a fan question, you know, when can we expect Nurkic to be back? The Blazers are being tight-lipped as usual. And Shams said that he's heard he's continuing to make good progress, good strides, which hopefully is what we saw in him in that running video up the stairs. And that he'll he's aiming for an all-star break return, which has kind of always been the target goal, I think, ever since the injury is around the all-star break in 2020, he'll be back. So at least the good news is it doesn't appear to be he's going to be behind schedule. It appears things are going well with his recovery. And that's been our conversation all along. I, yeah. I want to say, I mean, almost immediately after the injury, we said, well, this is where we could expect him to come back if all went well. Yeah. Um, and, and it seems to be going that route, which is, is promising if – Somehow, some way, this season turns around. Yeah. If, if not, I mean, at least you have that. You know what? Nurk's back. Let's let's slow the roll now. We don't need to rush him back. That whole that whole thing. And it gives him if and when he does come back, say the Blazers are in the position they are right now. Mm -hmm. If he does come back, there's no pressure on him to immediately contribute exactly. something to the Blazers. He can kind of get his footing. Yes. Get back into the game of basketball. Maybe get 20 games under his belt before the end of the year. And then he's got the offseason, and then you go into 2021 ramped up and ready to go. Jared, what did you think about it when you saw the video and then and heard the news that Nurk is basically on schedule? I mean, it's good to know that he's on schedule. I don't think there was any indication that that he had any setbacks or anything like that. Seeing him, I think there was a video last week of him shooting free throws on the court and then the, and the video of him running the stairs. It's just nice to see because we all missed. Nurk, we miss watching him play basketball. Um, I think that I wonder how how he'll be when he comes back. I wonder if he's. I think our general thought has been that it's going to take him some while to kind of get back into game shape, and that he might not be even close to the same Nurkic that we saw last season. But I also, I mean, he's going to. If he comes back in mid-February, he'll miss almost the entire season. I just I wonder if he's going to be a little bit better when he comes back than than we think, because he'll be fully recovered. The Blazers won't have rushed him back, and I'm also curious how good this roster, even if they don't make any changes, would be with Nurkic at center. Um, I mean, we saw it a couple seasons ago when the when Nurkic first got here. He came in, and this team was a disaster. I mean, there were 11 games under 500. They were far worse off than they are now. And he helped spur this great comeback that got them into the playoffs. And when he came here from Denver, he was out of shape. He wasn't even in. I think we may have lost Jared there. But Jared's right in the sense that uh, when he came to Portland two years ago, he – was out of shape. He didn't have the skill set that we saw that he had last year. So maybe Jared's right. Maybe we are, you know, underappreciating what type of Nurkic we'll get back. But we never – I love Jared's optimism there. Never yeah. never losing the optimism. Yeah. Sticking with his 3-0 and o picks there. And I think even having Nurk back to his point is just he makes them better. Yeah. I mean, it, it's clear as day. And you saw results almost immediately. And he would do the same for this current lineup. He I mean, would defensively, you know what he brings. 
um, as a rebounder, as a passer. There are so many levels to this with Nurkic um, that when he comes back, it is going to be refreshing. I just hope that he continues on this pace and it's not him feeling the pressure that he needs to come back. He's rushing and he's not all the way right because yeah. I think that would be a shame uh, to have the, him be in that position. Jared, do we have you back over there, my friend? I hope so. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we got you back. So I think that oh, was good, probably good. our signal. It's time to move on. We almost got through the whole podcast <laughs> yep. without that happening. That's good stuff. So let's, uh, <laughs> I think we have some listener questions, Max. I thought we were going to have to um, uh, stall for, for quite some time. I'm glad it was only 30 seconds. You've got mail. Hey, yeah, we do have some listener questions. Thanks to everyone who submitted them. And we're going to start it off with our buddy Matthew. The Reverend Romulus. Hey. He always comes Welcome in with back, good man. questions. Uh, the questions from him, I believe, this time, not yeah, the children. Not the kids, not the kids this time. He wants to know if you could guarantee a Blazers championship next year. Yes. But it would. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know, know what the rest is. Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Nate's on board, Matthew. If you could guarantee a championship next year, but it would require trading every current Blazer, including Damian Lillard, would you do it? Or is it worth risking never winning it again to have Dame retire as a Blazer? Get that, get that trophy, get that parade. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Like, yeah, it would be, it would be, yeah, it wouldn't be the most ideal scenario. But in this hypothetical, yes, get that championship. Oh, that is so heartless. It's not that heartless. Is so heartless. How is that heartless? <laughs> He's removing Damian Lillard, and then the Blazers go on to win a championship. I understand that is this. Cold. That's look. That is very Toronto Raptors like. Yeah. <laughs> you think you think you think those fans would trade that championship back? Hell no, man. They just won that ring. <laughs> I hate saying this, but uh, Nate is right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Jared, I, I was on I was on the same page as Nate earlier this week when we, we got this question from Matthew. It's a great one because buddy. if you even if you lost Dame, wh whatever players are on the team that would come in this next season and win a championship, those are going to become your new favorite players. You're going to love those players. But then I read the Player Tribune article from Dame, and I got to I got to match his loyalty. I mean, oh. Never been a, it's never been a star player that has been this loyal to a city. And I don't know. It's, it's not always all about championships. It's also about the experience of being a fan and, and loving a player. And so, I mean, yeah, if they trade a game and the Blazers win a championship, it would be amazing. But let's stick with Dame. I, I, I'm Dame's got Portland's back and I've got his back. Jared, there's a big difference though, between your and Dame's loyalty. Dame, Dame's got 200 million reasons to love Portland and being in with the Trailblazers. Yeah, but don't underestimate like the love of no. a fan for the team he roots for. I mean, no, and he does have a connection to the community, but he also has. Right. He also gets paid two hundred million dollars over the next four years. So, I mean, I've been a Blazers fan every year of my life, and I was born in nineteen seventy-eight, so I have never seen them win a championship. And That's bad timing it has right not. There. It has. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it has not diminished my enjoyment of being a fan of this team. You know, I mean, championships are great. And I've experienced, you know, winning a championship as a fan of other teams. But uh, it's not everything. So keep Dame here. I mean, Dame is, Dame is more than just a, a player. I mean, there's, there's just something about him that, you know, I'm going to stick with Dame. All right. Good question, Matthew. Thanks. 
This one, next one is from Drummer Boy. Why won't the upper management be replaced after getting rid of a lot of players that got the Blazers to the playoffs last year? They won't be replaced because they got to the playoffs in the Western Conference Finals last year. Right. That, that, that's why they won't be replaced is they they put together a roster that got to the Western Conference Finals. And this roster, it moving forward, like this year doesn't look great, but in the future – this is a team, as we talked about, who has the potential to easily be, once their players get healthy, right back near the top of the Western Conference. And also, let's say they had brought back all of the, the players from last season that got the Blazers to the Western Conference Finals, and the team was going through the same thing they're going through right now. Let's say they had brought back everyone, but they lost their starting power forward for most of the season. They lost their starting small forward for the entire season. I think that the Blazers team with those players would still be having the same difficulties that they're having now. So I don't think that this is all on upper management and the, the moves they made during the offseason. I think it's more a byproduct of the injuries the Blazers have suffered. As much as we enjoy bashing management and those decisions <laughs> and, and whatnot, like these injuries are not on them. No. Th this is not a management uh, topic this time. I was also tired of complaining about Evan Turner, Alfred Camino, Maurice Harkless, and Myers Leonard. So and we don't have to do that anymore. Yep. So it wasn't like it was all great with them either. Yep. All right, last question from Casey Teeters. Casey says, big fan of the podcast. Thank you, Casey. You got good taste. Thank you. Any way we can keep Whiteside or Mello for next year? Having Nurk, Collins, Mello, and Whiteside as our bigs feels like a championship team. Uh, Jared, do you know if like if that could like actually happen? Like, is there a logistical way for that to happen for the Blazers? Because I my gut feeling would be no, but you would have a better idea. They'd have the bird rights for Whiteside, yeah. So they could re-sign him to whatever they wanted. It would just depend on whether how much they wanted to go into the luxury tax. Okay. And how much of a luxury tax bill they'd want to pay. I'm not sure with Mello because he signed a a non guaranteed contract that then became a guaranteed contract and it's just a one year deal. I'm not sure what the bird rights for that would be. But I think if both teams wanted if you know, both sides wanted it to happen, I think that they could bring Mello back as well. Um, so yes, I think they could. I don't think there's any chance White Side will be back next season and I don't know. I'm not sure on Melo. That's that's a that's a good question. I'd have to see how he plays the rest of the season, um, and then also if he plays well the rest of the season, then he's probably going to make more money next season than the Blazers would want to pay him. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page with Jared. There's no way Whiteside. I don't even think there's a way Whiteside finishes the season with the Blazers yeah. with the way things have gone. But definitely not going to be on the team next year. And I, I'm kind of with that with Mello. It will depend how he plays the rest of the season, what other moves the Blazers make, and where they think Jared talked about having $12 million in cap space, where they think that money needs to go. But I wouldn't rule it out with Mello. Unlikely, but wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, and how much does Mello want to be here? Yeah. You know, all of those yeah. things matter. But, yeah, I, I agree to, to put a bow on this, that um, it's super unrealistic to have Whiteside here yeah. after this season. Good question, though. I, I think that's a fun, yeah. fun discussion in trying to figure out um, what this team will look like. Yeah. Jared, let everybody know um, our email address that they can send us questions. Yeah, good questions, everyone. Thank you for sending them. You can email us at 3on3blazers at gmail.com uh, anytime during the week. 
and send us questions and we'll we'll answer them on the next episode. Um, you can also send us questions to our Twitter handles. Let's just go ahead and tease our Twitter handles now so that you can send us Twitter questions whenever you want. And we'll also, the day before the podcast, we usually put out a feel at four questions. But you can reach me on Twitter at Jared Calvi. At Enhance underscore KGW. I am at Max N Barr. At Orlando KGW. And now it's that time of the podcast. Great to be back, guys, with another week of Rip It. Oh, man. Yes. I'm hoping good things are coming here. I said last week that I was going to win it for Matthew and his kids. I need to oh, regain their did. support. That's <laughs> right. Oh, They're man. starting to trend toward Max as being their favorite. I got to take that back. This is heavy. I am sick of looking at that zero next to my name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's staring at me into uh, my soul. Yeah, last week we had yet another tie between Orlando and Nate. It's been tough to get a win this season. Solo victories have mm-hmm. Are few and far between. Yeah, let's find out how you did last week. And last week's game started with Blazers versus Lakers. Oh, man, I hope I picked Lakers for, like, all of these. (laughs) First question was, which team will shoot a better three-point percentage in the game? Jared, you went with the Lakers. Oh. Orlando, you went with the home team. And, Nate, you said, I'm not siding with Jared. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I hope, I hope oh, it pays off. I have a feeling oh. it didn't, but I hope it pays yeah, off. Don't feel good. It this did not pay off. Oh. Oh, this is going to be a bad week. This is going to be a bad week. The Lakers <laughs> shot 47% from oh, three. The Blazers were down at 29%. How did Jared – how was Jared the one to oh. say the Lakers were going to do better yeah, than the man. Blazers and we were on the Blazers' side? How did that happen? It's a mind trick. Man, it really was, man. You, you were so, like, just – you wanted me to lose so bad last week that so you weren't going to side with me on anything. So that's on you, Nate. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's probably an accurate assessment. <laughs> Next question from the same game. We didn't have Rodney shooting. That's why. Yeah, that's no, true. That's a good point. Next question was, which total would be greater? Points by Kent Bazemore or assists by LeBron James? Oh. Nate, you went with your boy, Braun. Ooh, I, I, I hope this one paid off. That sounds good for you. Jared yeah. and Orlando both said Kent Bazemore. That island, man. LeBron James, eight assists. Oh, no. How many points did Kent Bazemore? Bazemore with ten no! points. Yes! <laughs> no! How is the one Laker pick I got is the one that the Lakers didn't dominate? Bazemore Island, baby. Oh, my gosh. What a thing. I think we need to Photoshop a Bazemore yeah, Island. And you do. and Jared just we out do. there waving the Blazers flag. I think we know a guy. We can make this happen. Yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> All right, moving on. Blazers versus Thunder. This question was over under 19 and a half points for Carmelo against his old team. Orlando, you went over. Oh, that's too bad there, yeah, buddy. That's too oh. bad. <laughs> Jared and Nate both wanted to go over, but went under. Knew which better. was the correct answer. All right. This isn't good, though. Jared's got a two-point lead he on does. both of us. <laughs> He's got three for three right now. By the way, Anthony, he only had nine points in the game. Yeah, he Wait, did. It was a way under. He did not shoot well in that one. He, he, nope. bounced, yeah. he didn't. Moving on to the Knicks game. This was another mellow question. It was over under two and a half three-pointers 
for Ooh. Anthony in the game. He may have made this close at the end. He didn't. He hit he a did, couple he, towards he the end of it. Yeah. yeah. Jared and Nate went under. Orlando, you said three to the dome, baby, and you <laughs> went over. I hope you're right because you're going to be the only one who can catch Jared. Carmelo went over. Oh. Went, oh, man. He oh. was three for four from three. And he hit that third one in the fourth quarter right before he was they taken sent him out, out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. All right. Three to the dome, baby. Three to the dome. So Jerry's got three. <laughs> Orlando's got two. And I'm out of this week's winning because I only got one so far. Let's go, Orlando. Yeah. Orlando. Oh, man. Does Orlando have two or three? I've got two. All I can do is okay. tie, I think, right? Yeah. All right, so we settle this with the wild card question. Oh, man. Please, this is your moment, so nervous. Please pick moment. differently. So I hope you two didn't pick the same thing. I hope you picked differently. We probably did. No, we, we, we all picked differently. <laughs> the I question was, how many Blazers will score in oh, double this figures oh, against God. the Knicks? Jared, you said five. Orlando, you said four. Oh. And Nate, you said six. Oh. <laughs> it's not going to oh, be man. six, I don't think. <laughs> So, <laughs> is I, it Jared's time? Oh, no. Game, I, th I think it may be. Game went off in this game. We saw yeah. that. He had 31 points. Last time I checked, that's double figures. CJ, 13 points. Mm. There's your two. Hassan Whiteside, 17. That's three. Carmelo Anthony, 16. Ooh. Oh, this is not good for you, this Orlando. I know another guy who did. Well. And for D. Simons, <laughs> 16 points. No. So that's it. No! <laughs> no! And that means no. there is no. I'm off the schneid. Jared is off the schneid. He wins his first oh. Rip It title, and we are all even, guys. That oh. was a battle. That Gosh, was a good we're one. All tied oh, at one. one solo Rip It victory wow. this year for Four each of us. Four out of five for Jared. Impressive. That's the highest winning total this year, I believe. Wow, that is uh, that Jared, is congratulations good. on that. Thank you. I have my three-on-three -three Blazers agenda in front of me. I just crossed the zero off and marked in a one next to wow, me. Wow, that is powerful. Oh, it feels good. The feels best good. The best thing, personally, the best thing about him winning is I don't have to see him celebrate since he's home and remotely <laughs> doing this true, podcast. That's true, man. You do get bailed out. <laughs> I get bailed out. Don't need to see it. But you know how the narrative goes. It's now, did Nate peak too early? Oh, <laughs> oh, don't go there. That's what all the listeners are going to be saying. Oh. Matthew's kids, I mean. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're probably stunned. That, that was oh, not a good. Yeah. Scalabissier couldn't sneak another 10-point game in there for me to get six. <laughs> no. All right. Let's move on to this week's game. What do you say? And we are starting Blazers at Nuggets tonight, Thursday night. First question, who's going to make the most three-pointers? Is it Carmelo Anthony, Gary Harris, or Anthony Simons? And all three of these guys are averaging exactly one-and-a-half made threes per game. So we got Carmelo, Gary Harris, or Anthony Simons. Jared, what do you think? I'm going to go with Anthony Simons. All right, he's going with the hot blazer, <laughs> Nate. I, I, I agree. I'm going with the Rip It champion. Uh, Anthony <laughs> is going to light up. Also, we're like on a mini Carmelo revenge tour. The, That's the right. Thunder, the, the Knicks, yep. and the Nuggets now. We're only missing. Oh, well, the, well, the Bulls, too. Oh, yeah, the Bulls before. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, we're on a little mini <laughs> mellow revenge his, tour here. Saving Houston. <laughs> Chicago. Orlando, what do you think? Uh, I'll mix it up, man. We'll, we'll, he ruined – Jared's perfect week, so we'll go three to the dome. <laughs> All right. Carmelo. Next question, same game. I do like Anthony, though. That's yeah. Over under 19.5 points for Nikola Jokic. Mm. Nate, what do you think? Whiteside played him tough. 
that first game of the year. And then that fourth quarter, he kind of yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. And yeah, I'm gonna go over for Jokic. Orlando over. Jared under. Oh, Ooh. Okay. Oh yeah, he's got he's the Blazers got winning. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. Simons is going off, and Jokic is a joke. <laughs> that's what we got going right now. <laughs> All right, Blazers at Suns. This one's simple. More points. Damian Lillard or Devin Booker? Jared, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, let's go with Booker. Okay. What? You picked the Blazers and you're going with Devin Booker. I'm going to try to score for that team. All right, Orlando? I'll go Booker as well. Nate? You guys are really doing this to me? Dame's going to have more <laughs> assists. I'm, am I wrong? It seems like Devin Booker plays well. Against the Blazers, am I wrong on that, or am I just like remembering one game where he played really well against Portland? And so I, I feel like he's played well against them too. He gets buckets. Yeah. Gosh darn it, you guys! I mean, someone's got to score for the Blazers too at this point with the roster. I'm gonna go with Dame to be different. All right, it shouldn't be that hard. Here we go: Blazers versus Warriors. Who's gonna get the most rebounds here? Between Kent Bazemore, Glenn Robinson the third, or Alec Burks? Wow, what a combo of names there. I tried to find guys who are pretty close in yeah. rebounding per game. So, Bazemore, Glenn Robinson, or Alec Burks? Jared, what do you think? I just walked outside my home on Bazemore Island and rose the flag. Bazemore. <laughs> Bazemore. Okay. Orlando? You know where I reside, man. Bazemore. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to take Glenn Robinson the third. I believe he's been, like, in terms of getting minutes and stuff, like one of their more consistent minute getters for the Warriors. So I'm going to go with him. All right. What a time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to the wild card question this week. Ooh. And the question is, which team, Nuggets, Suns, or Warriors, will score the most points against the Blazers? Love this question. This was this was a really good one last time. It, it was, was like one thirty to one twenty eight well, or something. Well, you way did win there. it. So I <laughs> did. I did win. I, that is right. This is how I won my Rip It title. Orlando, Let's, what do you think? I'm intrigued by this one. Yeah, I I literally could pick. I'm not even ruling out the Warriors. Oh. Um, let's have some fun. I'll 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 take Phoenix. I'll go I'll go Phoenix. All right, Nate. Well, if Phoenix is going to do it, Devin Booker's going to score more than Dame. And I said Dame was going to score more than Booker. Let's go with the Nuggets tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jared? I'm going to go with the Sun. Okay. So how are the Blazers winning this game, Jared? You picked the Blazers to win the game, and Devin Booker's going to go off, and the Suns are going to score the most points against the Blazers this week? Or don't get me, well, because someone has to score the most points. Because Denver has been struggling on offense lately, so I don't think they're going to score a lot of points tonight. Yeah. And the Warriors are just the Warriors, and they're going to be playing on the road, so I don't think they're going to score a lot. So you got to pick one of the teams. It's okay. got to be the Suns. Yeah, he, he went with the you have to pick someone. I think, I think I'm a little too, like, confident and cocky right now after winning yeah. <laughs> my first rip it of the season. He, he shook in a positive way. Yeah, he, yeah. Doesn't know how, he doesn't know how to handle success over there. All right, maybe I pretty much he's think I'm here. incredible right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually kind of wish he was here just to see what he, to see how incredible he feels. Well, I'm I'm glad that we were able to get Jared on location at Baysmore Island. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this was amazing. Congratulations on the win. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast out there. Give us those five star reviews. 
We need you out there. All of those comments. We appreciate you. Thanks for the questions. We'll be back next week, baby.